Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the chatter. Boys and girls, moms and dads, this is episode number 82. You were right, this is 82. We're recording on Monday, the 27th of March. We'll talk about who's returning to where right after this. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother, to thee, to thee do I come, come before thee, thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Those wonderful pipes you hear in the background are none other than... The famous Vince Mice. Yes. Spotter of red towels from <laughs> six football fields away. <laughs> yes, if our l- listeners remember the last time that Vince was on the show and he told us about yes. how uh, he... Falsely and, accused of being a uh, foreign correspondent. Yes. Well, I was not an agent in place, that's true. Pull yeah. that microphone closer to you, Vince. <laughs> you, talking to your it's, coat sleeve, it's so, not going to work as well. It's almost like you, you want me to be heard. <laughs> we do. We do. We're hoping you're carrying the whole show today. In fact. Oh. Well, we've got a lot to go over. What there's there's a lot of stuff going on in the tri-states, none of which are, are any bigger than Dr. Lyle coming in on um, Friday the 21st mm-hmm. of April, Dubuque County Right to Life. That's mm-hmm. down at the River Center, mm-hmm. correct? Yep. Get your tickets now. 563-556-5960. Dubuque County Right to Life, bringing in Dr. William Lyle. Did I tell you I talked to him? You did. Did I tell you he's booked, he's on the show? You did. I think next week. Yep. Wonderful. He goes by Bill, and this guy's going to be a treat on the chatter. Mm-hmm. I think we record him a week from today, and then he'll he'll go, um, That that's East, is that Good Friday, Saturday, Sunday? I think so, yeah. Yeah. We're going to have to do some schedule with all of the Triduum and Holy Easter Sunday stuff going on. We may have to plug him in a couple of different locations. Well, you are doing an awesome job getting guests on the show. I hope if I our could only remember when and where. <laughs> I hope our listeners are um, noticing all these guests you've lined up. It's awesome. Yeah. I can't believe the guests you've had. Yeah, including you. Oh. <laughs> It only took us only took us fifty episodes to get you over here. It's been three times now, isn't it? No, but I mean, you, you've had you've had people that started Catholic colleges and uh, colleges that have affordable tuition mm-hmm. and uh, that are Orthodox. Mm-hmm. I mean, what more could you ask for? We had Greg and Jennifer Willits last week. Mm-hmm. The yeah. Rosary Army founders, right? Oh. But here's going going to rock your socks. Yeah, this one will. Straight from Vienna, Alexander Schugel. You've got to be kidding me. From the Boniface Institute, better known as... As as the Pachamama Slayer. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Right. People maybe not won't remember his name, but when the Pachamama idol was put up in those churches in Rome, it was so many people were upset. And Alexander, he went 
picked him up out of that church, threw him in the Tiber River. Mm-hmm. Instantly became famous. Although for a while, people didn't know who he was. No. He was kind of under the wire. I somehow think Almighty God knew who he was. Well, he, well, well, Almighty he sure God knew, knows everything. knew who he was until the uh, traffic cams uh, and, and the church yeah. cams. The, yeah. Was it not the cathedral, the basilica that basilica. he found yeah. him in a side chapel? Yeah. So Alexander, we're trying to get him booked. We wanted him um, booked at... at um, one of these next Mondays, but he, uh, well, it was Easter Monday we were going to do it, which is what the, oh, I'm looking at March. It helped oh, if I looked at April, s- Colleen. <laughs> that would be the 10th of April. Yeah, e- Easter Monday the 10th, but mm-hmm. um, so we're, we're probably going to push him to the 17 or 24 if we can. Mm-hmm. And there's, what, a seven-hour time difference? There, there you go. When you have a good guest, then you push the time way back for him. Yeah, well, except my understanding is we record at 5 p.m., and he's willing to record at that time, which would be midnight for him. midnight for him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because he's Greenwich plus two, and we're Greenwich minus uh, six, six, but minus five now with daylight time, of which I want to go on the record again if I haven't done this again. I don't like daylight savings. Can we just dump it? Can we... Could you we, know? Could we just go with what? Um, Can we just go with regular time of whatever the sun says? Right, right. It's connected to reality, right? No, the whole the whole time uh, system was set up by the railroads to coordinate trains. Well, I get that, and that's fine. But they didn't move it an hour, no, twice a year, no. Someone did a study because you know when they were they were trying to convince everybody that we need to be start daylight savings time back in the 1930s or whenever it was. And what they said was, well, it'll help the farmers. You know the only... Didn't help the farmers. No. You farmers know, get up with the sun anyway. Right? It doesn't matter what the clock says. I don't know if farmers ever snoozed. He doesn't no, the have guy a... that proposed it was Benjamin Franklin, and he proposed it to save candles. Okay, <clears throat> but they didn't start it till the 30s or so. Well... It was yeah. a long time coming. But you know who the only group that benefited from daylight savings time? Golfers. Yes, golf ball manufacturers. Because now it's light when you get off work. I'm going to go golfing. The only group that benefited. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Our lives are uprooted like this twice a year for some like golf it. balls. I don't like them. I really don't. Would have helped if I started the clock too, Colleen. Oh, dang. <laughs> <laughs> we better go 15 minutes in this one. Yeah, we better. One of us was wound up. must have been me. So anyway, we've got Vince on today. We've got Alexander Shugel um, somewhere in Europe, and and we're going to get him coming up. But elsewhere, oh, and and then we had the uh, Greg and Jennifer Jennifer Willits, Willits, which was a great show Mm -hmm. last week. Mm -hmm. What else is going around here? Piasta Community Center is bringing in Dr. Lee Merritt, the medical rebel, on June 3rd at 3 till 5 p.m. June 3rd is a uh, mother's birth. That's my mother's birthday. Yes. Saturday, June 3rd. Happy birthday, Ruth Ann. And uh, Dr. Lee Merritt is at the Piasta Community Center, the bio war against humanity. Ooh, check that out. That sounds good. Yeah. What else is going on? The Eucharist. So next year's the Eucharistic Revival year 2024 and all of that going on, right? Is that the ending right. year? Is that the last year? Well, that's that's where they're going. But things going on locally up mm-hmm. in Platteville at St. Augustine Parish and St. Mary Parish. Do you believe in the supernatural? This came from um, from Joe up there, Joe um, 
boy, I'm doing a horrible job. Yeah, you do know, Joe. I know, Joe. Joe, I'm going to remember your name before the show's over. Friday, March 31st, and Saturday, April 1st. So as you're hearing this, it's going on. 10 till noon and 6 until 8 at St. Mary Parish in St. Augustine on Friday. Um, the um, 545 till 645 St. Augustine Parish, Friday, March 31st, and then Saturday, April 1st, which is April Fools, but this is the real thing. It mm-hmm. is the Eucharistic revival going on. So it's the traveling miracles of the Eucharist. And weren't they here? In Dubuque or mm-hmm. Piasta mm-hmm. a year and a you half mean ago. those panels that are set up on easels? I'm thinking. Yes. Yeah. Weren't they here once before? They, they've been here a couple times. They've been at Column Kills, East Dubuque, Piasta. They've been yeah. here a couple times. And you know, the young man that put that whole thing together is now Blessed Carlos Acutis. He's a blessed. Carlos did that? Mm-hmm. That was his thing. I really should read the press releases. Mm-hmm. What else going on in here? I got a call from Ruth Bush over in Cuba City. Ruth says she's got some Catholic women coming down, 75 or 85 women coming into Cuba City in uh, second week in April, and it's with the Catholic daughters. And um, So if you're looking to meet some fine women from all across the state of Wisconsin, call Ruth Bush over in Cuba City. So we got that. We got the uh, Piasta, Miracles of the Eucharist. We have a new sponsor. Who's that? Hotworks. Oh, very good. Hotworks has decided to underwrite, sponsor this show, The Chatter. Wow, Wonderful. that's great. You know these guys? Yeah. So this is uh, Marlo and Molina Valdebella. Did I say that fast enough? And and Melissa. Yeah, Melissa. Melissa, sister, Melissa Noel. Melissa Noel. It's her sister, Mark Hager, who's generally with us on the chatter. Uh, it's his daughter, Malena, and her husband in St. Louis that have the franchise. And his other daughter, Melissa, has started one here in Dubuque. 2055 Holiday Drive. 2055 Holiday Drive. So that's back by Nino's Bistro and McDonald's mm-hmm. and Miracle Car Wash up that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're doing tremendous things. Nice, nice setup, nice equipment. It's an exercise place, right? It is, and it's called Hot Works because my understanding is that you go into the room and the room is already at about 100 degrees. And so really? you exercise in the heat, and because it's in the heat, um, your body's stressed early, and it sure. starts burning calories, and uh, it's supposed to be a better workout for you. I'm stressed just thinking about it. I know, like <laughs> exercise. Oh, my. We better sit down. Yes, let me sit down for a while. And then on... Things that we've only forgotten about for a month. Yes. Remember the cross at Key West? Yes. You grew up with this. I yes. looked at it every day of my youth. And we talked about it for mm. some time in 2022. Mm-hmm. And somebody's wondering for an update what's going on with it. And um, so it's the project's still going on. They're trying to wa- raise that quarter million dollars, so about 50000 So they're, they're what? They're... 20% of the way there. Um, what they really need is they need the people of Dubuque to get behind this project and support it. Light the cross. And and um, to um, to call Jim Sigworth and... Uh, Who's McCaffrey? Tom McCaffrey was... Tom McCaffrey? The, he was the building manager for Council 510. And there's a... Um, 
separate corporation now set up to uh, fund the cross. Fund the raising of the cross. And so it's just not turning the lights on. They're redoing the foundation. They're oh, going no, to raise the height of it. They're raising it like uh, 50 or 60 feet. A total height of 125 feet to clear the tree line because Colleen went over by the cross with some acorns and planted oak trees near the tree. So now well, you can't see the cross. But she planted those in 1800. So. Hey, hey, I know I'm old, but I'm not that yeah, old. Yeah. <laughs> no, Baby they, sad Mazza Kelly, did she? The yes. uh, the uh, secret there was that the um, the land surrounding the cross is in a forest preserve, and you can't cut any trees. Sure. So they can't trim any of the trees that block the view. Even though it's on the uh, crest of the hill. Well, it takes the um, so the um, Knights of Columbus Council five ten said that they would raise the cross sixty mm-hmm. feet. And the cost of that was a quarter of a million bucks. Well, when Council 510 sold their building, mm-hmm. they couldn't hold these fundraisers at the hall. And so uh, they formed a separate corporation to handle this matter of the cross. Tim Tim McCaffrey? Tim McCaffrey and Tom McCaffrey. Right. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be awesome as people come into Dubuque, even if they're just passing through, to see... A neon cross, 60 feet in the air. That'd be like our Jesus over Rio de Janeiro. It'd be better than the Eiffel Tower. Wouldn't it be? Yeah, it I would. mean, what a testimony to the faith of people in this area. So this is the south end of If no one knows where it's at. If you're coming in on Highway 51 yeah. from the west, 151, as you make that turn to go north on 61... And 151, you look at 11 o'clock, at 11 o'clock and you'll see it above the tree line. Or, you know, in the wintertime, you can see it real well. Mm-hmm. In the summertime, when the leaves are on the trees, you don't see it. So. Well, we get this up another 60 feet, it's going to make a big difference. Oh, yeah. You'll see it from Highway 61 north of the interchange at the airport. And you'll see it from Military Road. And right. if you know where to look, you can see it from Highway 20. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like when you're yeah. on that hill there by that truck stop, if right. you look to the right and you know where you're looking, you, you can see exactly that green look, neon. You can see it, yeah. So we get it up 60 feet and turn the, wasn't it a green or a blue-green? Mm-hmm. It was like a bluish-greenish yeah. turquoise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they're going to go from uh, neon lights to um, LEDs. Blue. Same color? Will it be the same color LEDs? Do you know? Yeah, I sneaked. Mm. Mm. Anyway, good project. Here's a phone number, 563-590-7161. 563-590-7161. That'll get you to Mr. McCaffrey, Tim McCaffrey, president of the Centennial Cross Incorporated. That's the nonprofit. Really, what other town has a lit-up neon cross yeah. welcoming you in? Nobody. So we well, got to do it. Dubuquers are awesome. we got to do it. Somebody out there is going to... Well, it was erected by the Archdiocese in 1939 to commemorate the centennial. Mm Mm-hmm. Of the Archdiocese. Of the Archdiocese. So I hope that it doesn't take until 2039 to get it up. No. Let's do it now. Let's do it now. Certainly, someone that's looking at the banking situation and wondering if it's all going to collapse, just pull your money out and give it to the cross, and at least yeah. it'll be doing some good. I like the way she thinks. There you yeah. go. 
Nice thoughts, There Colleen. you go. All right. What else you got, Colleen? Oh, I don't know. Hey, some good news, hmm. if we're talking about good news. I see that the USCCB came out with a statement condemning desecration of the human body through composting. Oh, you're kidding. Isn't that awesome? Yes. And they talked about how human composting, um, which we've talked about on this show before. I think there's two aspects to this, though, isn't there? Composting and uh, alkaline hydrolysis. Mm -hmm. Do Mm -hmm. I say that right? Well, Mm -hmm. they're they're equally bad. They're equally bad. But they're two conceptually. One is a chemical dissolution, and the other one is being put underneath the uh, yard waste. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But the the U.S. bishops have condemned that, and they've said that idea is incompatible with church teaching regarding man's inherent dignity and worth so i was pretty happy to see that because i know there's been some talk about this mm-hmm. um so i thought that was so, nice that they came out and said that any details i mean did they get into the who and the wherefore or the theological what are the quotes any well so there's a quote here that every human being has been created in the image of god and has an inherent dignity and worth and therefore, human beings are obliged to respect our bodily existence throughout our lives and to respect the bodies of the deceased when their earthly lives have come to an end. Of course. Well, uh, that's mine. Mm-hmm. The of course was not in the quotation. Well, wasn't in the quotation? Should have no, been. Should have been. All right. You Old Testament scholars got to help me out because I'm drawing a blank about the uh, the gentleman who went out looking for his comrades to bury the dead. Oh, Maccabees. Well, Maccabees, but... Um, no, you're thinking of... The father, Tob- Tobi- Tobi- Tobit and Tobias. Tobit and Tobias. Oh, yep, yeah, yep, yep, yeah. yep. Good Thank one. You. Good one. Hmm. Who risked... Uh, what is it? It was illegal to go out and bury people, wasn't right. it? Mm-hmm. And he yes. went out and did it anyway, mm-hmm. at yeah. risk of life and limb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So... Yeah, so I thought that was I thought that was an awesome statement that they came out with. So if anybody has questions about whether or not we can do human composting after our loved ones have died, the answer is um no. I can't believe the question was even raised. I know that's where we are. Yeah, that's where I we never, are. I never I never thought of myself as fertilizer for the rose bush. Yes. So anyways, that was you all were the accused good news. of spreading fertilizer. <laughs> <laughs> I know some students who quoted that rather well, Vince. (laughs) I think they said he's full of fertilizer is what he said. (laughs) But a more colloquial kind of way. uh, (laughs) What else you got? Vince, you got something? Don't have anything special. Uh, It's just one of those uh, things, you know. I mean, I usually don't uh, read anything that's printed in the last hundred years. (laughs) That's a good rule of thumb. So, we're uh, we're now in the fifth week of Lent. Mm-hmm. We right? are in the fifth week of Lent. And and when this airs, we'll be on Palm Sunday, bearing down to to uh, Holy Week and the Triduum. Yes. Right. How's Lent going for you, Vince? Oh, it's going great. But it's a, it's come on, go deep. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good Lent because uh, I'm able to get to uh, Mass every day. Sure. And I'm able to get. Uh, a couple of rosaries in a day, and that book that um, that Mark Hager gave me was just absolutely wonderful. How to pray the rosary without distraction, mm. 
And yeah. It's been very good. I had one years ago. This I, one, I think. I, um, yeah. Yeah, I had a scriptural uh, rosary book years ago, and I hadn't used it for years. I had lost it, and, and so this uh, kind of revived that notion in my mind. All right, hang on to that thought. We're going to take a break, come back, and we're going to talk about Lent five weeks in on The Chatter on FM 98.3 KCRD. We're back. This is The Chatter on episode number 82, FM 98.3 KCRD and the KCRD mobile app. Thanks to all of you that are listening outside of the terrestrial signal in and around Dubuque, Iowa. We've got them coming from all across the lower 48. Well, I shouldn't say that. We've got Alaska. We've got Alaska? Yeah. Wonderful. And when we have Alexander Shugel on, we'll have... Vienna. Vienna? Vienna. Vienna. We'll be international. What did Napoleon say? When you go to take Vienna, take Vienna. Is that what he said? Charge. That's what he said. Yeah. (laughs) You bet. All right. We were talking about Lent. Yes. Uh, We're in the fifth week now. By the time this airs, it's going to be Palm Sunday. We're headed into Holy Week, the Triduum, and then the highest of holy days, the high holy days. Mm -hmm. Good Friday, Saturday, Holy Saturday, and and, uh, Easter Sunday. And so we t- started talking about, uh, yeah, and you can lie because, what, you haven't kept all of your uh, Lenten promises? Your... You know, I didn't really make very hard ones. Well? I should make them harder. Well, there's still time. It doesn't have to be all 40 days. You can catch up. I mean, flagellation, is that what you're looking for? <laughs> <laughs> My hair shirt still hasn't arrived. <laughs> Vince, break out the whips. <laughs> What, what what exactly harder did you want to do? Well, I you know, so I've always wanted to do this, but I, I never could, really. But, you know, in the Byzantine church, they give up all animal products for all of Lent. I've always admired that. So it's not just meat. It can, I can't do that. No. Though. It's eggs. It's, it's no it's cream cheese. in your coffee. Eggs, it's cheese, eggs, coffee. Butter. butter. Yeah. I've got a guy over in Chicago. His name is Matthew Plesey. And uh, he does some incredible catechism. We're, we're, we're probably going to lock into some of his courses. But he's got some historical documentation going back to the 3rd century, maybe the 2nd century, Vince, on what the church did regarding fasting. Are you familiar with St. Martin's Lent? No, what is that? <laughs> How about you, Vince? Have you heard this? I haven't, I haven't, I'm not real familiar with it. So I think St. Martin, if you pull him up, I think his feast day is November, early, the 10th or 12th. Does that sound about right? right. So St. Martin's Lent evidently is a feast, or or, excuse me, a uh, tradition of uh, beginning at his feast day, headed into Advent, which is a rigorous fast going into Advent. And you and I, Colleen, were talking just some months ago when we began the liturgical year mm-hmm. that advent begins mm-hmm. that we wear the uh, the, the purple vestments mm-hmm. for a reason because advent is a penitential season Seriously. yeah hard to do when we've got office parties and christmas parties and it is hard to and, do and um saint nick put nuts and oranges in our stockings and mm-hmm. shoes and mm-hmm. all of that but mm-hmm. 
we are preparing for the birth of the Lord. Now we're we're in the daddy of all penitential seasons, Lent. Mm-hmm. Big Lent. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what did you do? Give up juicy fruit or? No, I gave up meat. But it's. Meat. Well, that's hard. Hmm. It would have been hard for butter and cream in my coffee and ice cream and. So what? So no red meat, so no pork, what do you, so chicken. You, what, you want a dispensation this last week? She no. wants to turn no. Chick-fil-A no, she in just for wants, She just wants to eat um, eat uh, pickled herring. I did mm. I did look for anchovies on my pizza that I, other week, and they I, didn't have anchovies I do, Marcos. I do, uh, I do get some uh, pickled herring, and each year I order one gallon of it. And it lasts. That's a lot of pickled herring, isn't it? Because two gallons is way too it much. Would, would, it would, it, well, one, one gallon would just barely make it through Lent for Judy and myself. Holy cow. And every cat in the alley. And so, well, no. Wow. So, this year, I uh, just before Lent started, I got my traditional uh, bucket of from whom, from whom do you get a gallon bucket of, of herring? Well, from Jeff Kramer. Oh, it's got to be Kramer's, yeah. Is there a I've never place? seen I've never seen a bucket bigger than a quart. A quart of herring is is a large uh, shelf item. Yeah, I know you. This is a special you order. Go to, you, go this is, to, you go down to the supermarket. All right. And what you pay for a quart <laughs> could almost get you a gallon out at. Uh, Jeff's. I, I believe I, you. I pay about 50 bucks. Now, 50 bucks wouldn't get you much pickled herring in a supermarket. They only get you about a dozen eggs these days, too. So no, yeah. think, well, think about that. There, there's there's the Lenten fast. Just for a buck a day <laughs> during Lent, you can have... An egg. <laughs> pickled herring. A pickled okay. egg. Oh, goodness. Well, how's your Lent going? Are you guys doing good? You suffering well, enough? Relatively well, and we never suffer enough. When you stop to think about what Christ suffered for us, oh, that's yeah. the amount that we could suffer for him is minuscule, no matter what we did. Well, that's what I mean. It just seems like not enough. Even if we were over at Cincinnati and got that, uh, what was that chain that he wrapped around him? Oh, yeah, Mazzucchi. Mazzucchi. Yes. Yeah. Was it a chain or a cord? It was a chain. Was it? Yeah. And I think it became embedded in his flesh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, I don't know. Does that mean he was eating too much or what? No, I think he tightened it up too much. Uh. Of course, walking through, you got to remember, there were no, you know, they transported themselves on the waterways, the streams, the creeks, the rivers. He was the first guy to have prefab building. Did you know that? No. What do you, you mean heard by of, prefab? You've, you've heard of prefabricated houses. Yeah. yeah. Well, he had prefabricated churches, and so from where France, Italy? No, from right here in the United States. And so when a when a new congregation, so if you tell me it was the Winnebago prefab, it was it, 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 <laughs> it was the the little old Samuel Mazzucchelli prefab. He said, um, "We've got a new community wants to form a wants to build a church, and so we built a church for you." You build a church for them. Okay. So, and so they would build it all in sections, and he'd wait for the spring uh, flood to come, mm-hmm. and the Mississippi would rise, and he would float it downstream to the point closest to where they were going to build it, and they'd pull it by horses up the hill to where it was going to be located, 
and they'd put it together. And the next community that wanted one... Better that, be downstream. That, <laughs> if, if, necess, if necessary, they'd move them upstream. Wow. Oh, uh, um, those abs- poor horses. Absolutely amazing. So, I mean, you stop and think about, well, we have prefab buildings. Mm-hmm. Well, Sammy had those, you know, 150, almost 200 years ago. He was ahead of his time. Well... He knew how to do things, and the good Lord gave him the uh, thoughts of how to do it. So are you getting your rosaries in, Vince? I'm getting the rosaries Daily in. Daily Mass. Daily Mass. Colleen, you're... Getting my rosaries in. Praying most... Can't get to Daily Mass. Quite a bit. Yeah. Taking my extra holy hours. Sure. Okay. Hey, is anybody going to that mission down in Bellevue? Well, by the time we hear this, I was going to go last night, Sunday night, and I got uh, distracted, and... Uh, I don't know if I've got a holy hour tonight. I've heard that the church was full on the first night, Sunday night, and then it was a wonderful mission. And someone said, I watched it on their live stream. Well, we got to pull that up. Sure. Yeah. So even though this is, you know, now passed by the time people hear this, maybe they can pull it up on the St. Joseph Bellevue. St. Joseph Bellevue. That's Father Bob Gross now. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But other priests were there. Yeah. Last night, the first night, it was Father Scott Bullock. And Father Ben Valentine and Father mm-hmm. Michael McAndrew giving the talks. Wow. Yeah, and it was about um, baptism in the Holy Spirit. Tonight, the second night of the mission, it's Father Bob Gross and Father Martin Coolidge giving the talks. And then the last night of the mission, it's Father Andy Upaw and Father Andrew Marr giving the talks. So great lineup of very, priests. Very good lineup. Those guys are four-star homilists. Mm-hmm. Yes. They get it. And prayer led every night by Father Kevin Earlywine. So great, great lineup. So I'm going to have to check out St. Joe's in Bellevue and see if I can watch it from the last night. Yeah, tonight. that'll be great. There you go. So what else are you doing, Vince, other than fasting on a gallon of... Uh, <laughs> Is that penance to eat the pickled herring or to... Oh, it's good the- stuff. It's good stuff. Penance. No, that's not, that's not penance. <laughs> For some people, it would be. I'd you'd, you'd almost pray, pray that Lent lasted longer. <laughs> <laughs> I was just checking uh, the futures market on pickled herring. It probably took a dive 40 days ago. Well, Lent's gone. The, the thing that interfered with that uh, this year was um, our parish uh, had the uh, Knights of Columbus from 510 allowed them to uh, do a fish fry in our um, Paraclete Hall. Up at Sacred Heart. Right. And so the, um, no, at uh, Holy, Holy Ghost. Ghost. Holy Ghost. And so because I had to go to each of those, I wasn't eating as much pickled herring. But that's all right. <laughs> It'll all work out. <laughs> what about you, Tom? Yeah, I'm liking Lent. Uh, I'm one of those strange guys. I like mm-hmm. Lent. I like the um, the call to be closer to to the Lord. Um I think the rigors of, of fasting, one meal a day, is uh, Is that what you're doing, one trying, meal a day? Most days. Wowza. Which isn't easy with Saunders around it's here. It's She's a good cook, and yeah. the house always smells great. Yeah. So that's that's uh, tough, but most days, yes. Uh, the rosary, daily mass, I'm, I think one of the great blessings of, of doing Aquinas Communications, the radio station, is, is yeah, we are busy, but... We make our 
time, our hours, our schedule. And Dubuque is blessed with so many churches. Little Rome has, mm-hmm. I mean, you, how does Colleen say it? You can't swing a dead cat without <laughs> finding a priest and a mass around here. So, I mean, we are really. The things that you remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, think about that, how, what a blessing it is to have daily mass uh, at several parishes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, beginning at 6.30 in the morning, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I think there's some 4 and 5 o'clock in the afternoon masses, aren't mm-hmm. there, Colleen? On some yeah. days, and there's some noon yeah, masses, and yeah. 5.30, depends on the day. Yeah, and so. I'm an early, early riser, so I might as well get up and have the first conference call with the Lord. I thought you never slept. He doesn't sleep. I, I do, I think. 15 but, minutes here. Yeah. 30 minutes there. But I, I you know, I, so what, what Colleen's talking about, Vince, is, is sometimes I'll just wake up in the middle of the night. I used to fight that. I used to, oh, I need a, you know, I need to take a pill or I, I don't fight it anymore. If I can't fall back asleep, I get up and I pray the rosary. My uh, mother challenged me years ago. She said, if you wake up in the middle of the night, you pray for the poor souls. There you go. And she said, before you've finished a decade of the rosary, you'll be back to sleep. Mm-hmm. And I said, really? And she says, well, just try it. And it is that way. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I was afraid of taking a pill and becoming addicted. Now I pray the rosary and I've become addicted. Well, if you're going to be addicted, that's a good thing yeah, to be addicted yeah. to. It has, it has better side effects. Yes. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm liking, in fact, for some years, Colleen, I've had letdown at the triduum. Really? Because Lent's over? Lent's, Lent's over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you go into the triduum, which is still uh, penitential and fasting and a lot mm-hmm. of prayers, but... Yeah, but it's the high holy days. It's the high holy days, and alleluia comes back, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm, I have this letdown. Yeah. And and you can't really continue your penance after Easter because that's an octave, and you've got to celebrate for eight days. Eight days. Speaking of which, speaking of which, you just hit it on the head. Did you know what? Well, you do know because you were behind this. What is it? Oh, the Divine Mercy. So last week we brought in Vince. Uh, Vince, we brought in I don't know a dozen voices. We recorded the Divine Mercy Chaplet Novena and Chaplet. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's recording, and our uh, gracious engineers, because we just dumped another project Goodness. on them, Goodness. they are editing it, and we're going to, the, the Divine Mercy Novena begins on... Good Friday. And ends on... Divine Mercy Sunday. Divine Mercy, Divine Mercy Sunday, Sunday, yeah. So this is a big deal. The uh, the graces, so if you don't have the... the, the uh, the diary, mm-hmm. Faustina's diary. Mm-hmm. Go online and and find the ex- excerpts. Go to to uh, paragraph six ninety nine. You you know this paragraph, don't you, Colleen? You not by heart. So essentially, the Blessed Lord is talking to uh, Sister Faustina, and the summary. We might maybe we'll get into the segment three because we're running out of time in segment two, Colleen, but. The Lord's, so when you go to confession, you, you are absolved of your sins, mm-hmm. but there's still the reparation due right. to temporal sin that, right. that needs to be 
going on. If you follow the prescriptions that our blessed Lord laid out to Sister Faustina, you are, which is going to Mass, receiving communion, uh, receiving uh, uh, for the, the intentions the of, of the Holy Father, but the uh, confession going to, the soul that will go to confession and receive Holy Communion shall obtain complete forgiveness of sins and complete forgiveness of punishment. Hmm. Plenary indulgence. Well, it's beyond that. It's beyond that because a plenary indulgence has with it the stipulation that there be no attachment to sin. Right. This does not have that caveat. Really? Really. So this, in the view of a guy named St. Pope John Paul II, did I say St. John Paul II? Yeah. He, in his interpretation, this is paragraph 699 of the the uh, diary, diary of Faustina, St. John Paul says this is essentially the equivalent of a second baptism. Mm. Because mm. you are wiping away all sin and all punishment without the the uh, caveat of not having an attachment. attachment to sin. Hmm. Do you know how huge this is? It's huge. It's like the apostolic pardon that it you is. can get when you're on your deathbed. Yes. Total remission of purgatory time. Did we talk about that already? Or I that? think we have, but that's so huge. And we, so this is the same thing. We're going to talk more about this. We're coming up on the break, Colleen. Okay. I've got the entire... Um, Paragraph 699, and why don't you pull up an apostolic pardon card behind you. Okay. And uh, we'll talk more about this on the chatter because this is huge. And we're going to talk about what's going on on Divine Mercy Sunday, which is the second Sunday of Easter and in all parishes, but in a very special way at the Nativity Parish on Alta Vista at 3 o'clock on Divine Mercy Sunday. This is the chatter. We'll be right back. We're back. This is the chatter. This is segment number three, Colleen. The first two really blew by, and I think my timing's right, but I really didn't start segment one. <laughs> you're just working the board. You're working everything. So uh, we'll forgive you. Yeah, it's well. it's tough, Vince. Sometimes I feel really old. And Rob, the um, producer, will fix it. Yes, it'll, it'll all be <laughs> nice. Fortunately, you have engineers that can do this. So we're going to talk more about those uh, uh, down in Bellevue and and. But we're in the churches and the missions. But the mission. we're, we're going to talk about Vince has something. But let's let's go deeper on Divine Mercy. The Sister Faustina. What was her name? Kowalska. Mm-hmm. Right. The um, Polish young woman who became uh, Sister Faustina. I'm going to read the whole paragraph now because we've got time in segment three. Mm-hmm. This is. God the Father speaking. My daughter, tell the whole world about my... This is Jesus, excuse me. Uh, My daughter, tell the whole world about my inconceivable mercy. I desire that the Feast of Mercy be a refuge and a shelter for all souls, especially for poor sinners. Now, on that day, he says... So the day he's speaking of is the second Sunday of Easter. Mm -hmm. This is... is Right. Sunday after Easter. The the octave Mm -hmm. of, of Easter which 
this year is you got it's the date 16th right? 16th of april on that day the very depths of my tender mercy are open i will pour out a whole ocean of graces upon the souls who approach the fount of my mercy i don't know about you but ocean of mercy sounds doable I, i'd take that the soul that will go to confession receive holy communion shall obtain complete forgiveness of sins and punishment now that is a plenary indulgence but the church holds the caveat that you must be have no attachment no attachment to, to sin, sin which is where i and most everybody i know have a hard time as you said colleen i want to die right now well that's kind of what it means i mean if you're gonna forgiveness of sins and a plenary not better than a plenary indulgence complete remission of your purgatory time in my case anyway that means i'd have to die right then Right. Because as soon as I leave the church, I'm probably sinning. Oh. Well, or when you yeah. look at that woman and say, she's sitting in my pew. Well. Well. Yeah. So this does not have the caveat that says, I must not be attached to sin. It says, it's what John Paul said, essentially a second baptism. On that day, all the divine floodgates through which graces flow are opened. Isn't that a beautiful mm-hmm. what a picture, beautiful picture. Mm-hmm. yeah let no soul fear to draw near to me even though its sins be as scarlet i hear so many people that say well, i just go to jesus mm-hmm. i don't here's jesus talking right out loud go to a priest go to confession and he's saying let no soul fear to draw near to me though its sins be as scarlet see this is what people don't get you when you go to a priest you're not going to a priest mm-hmm. right you're going to going to Christ. My mercy is so great that no mind, be it man or of angel, will be able to fathom it through all eternity. So he's saying that no created mind of man, this is St. Thomas Aquinas, Einstein, mm-hmm. Socrates, nobody mm-hmm. with no great mind, uh, Solomon, the wisest of all, Mm -hmm. will be able to comprehend the mercy of Jesus Christ. Everything that exists has come forth from the very depths of my most tender mercy. Every soul in its relation to me will contemplate my love and mercy throughout eternity. So what are you going to do in heaven, Vince? Going to be contemplating. I'm the just mercy hanging on, God. thinking about mercy. The feast of mercy emerged from my very depths of tenderness. Mm. It is my desire that it be solemnly celebrated on the first Sunday after Easter, otherwise known as the mercy second Sunday, Sunday. Evening, Mercy Sunday. Mankind will not have. Boy, is this poignant. Mankind will not have peace until it turns to the fount of my mercy. So if you're wondering what's going on in your family, in your city, in your workplace, in the Ukraine, exactly. in, in South America, anywhere else, what's he saying? Mm-hmm. So beginning nine days from Good Friday to the Saturday before Divine Mercy Sunday, that is when we are airing the the chaplet and there are prayers each of the nine days mm-hmm. specific mm-hmm. to that day with mm-hmm. an intention that that Jesus um, dictated to mm-hmm. Faustina, and she, she scribed those. Mm-hmm. Today, bring to me the souls 
of purgatory, right. of right. children, of right. heretics, of, yep. of yep. old teachers in high school. Yep. There you go. You know, I think, I think one of the hardest things for, and I'll speak for myself, but one of the hardest things to accept is that, that he's so merciful. Because you go, I, I can't ask for mercy because I know I don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. But, but you we see have the, to ask anyway. The, the, the problem is that being finite creatures, we can't understand infinite mercy. Mm-hmm. And I'm we, not sure we can under, understand finite mercy. Well, this is true. I mean, the the liar and the father of lies and the murderer from the beginning is constantly convicting us, mm-hmm. convicting me. Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, to, you know, beyond scrupulosity. Well, the father of lies is saying, don't even ask for mercy because you don't deserve it. Right. So why right. should he even give it to you? So don't even ask. Right. Yeah, we can't listen to that voice. What did they say? Who was the guy that said, before you sin, Satan talks about God's mercy, and after you sin, Satan talks about God's justice? justice. Right. Mm. You bet. Yikes. Anyway. Yeah. So you were making the comparative analysis between baptism, paragraph 699 in the the, uh, diary of St. Faustina, Mm -hmm. which talks about complete forgiveness of sins Mm -hmm. and temporal punishment there but then you brought up one of our favorite subjects yeah the apostolic pardon and um and i hope our listeners are familiar with this and i for sure hope that our priests are familiar um with the apostolic pardon the apostolic pardon is a prayer uh said by the priest for someone who's dying um and it's a very short prayer i mean it's there's two different versions that he could say just like when you get ashes there's a couple versions of it mm-hmm. but the first version is two sentences and the second version is one sentence read them, read them. so one uh form of the apostolic pardon reads this way through the holy mysteries of our redemption may almighty god release you from all punishments in this life and the life to come May he open to you the gates of paradise and welcome you into everlasting joy. Isn't that beautiful? That is beautiful. beautiful. And the second version is this, just a little bit shorter. By the authority which the apostolic see has given me, I grant you a full pardon and the remission of all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is why it's so important to call a priest when our family and friends are dying. Exactly. And it's so important that the priests know about the apostolic pardon and are generous with it. Yes. You know, it. Uh, no priest should ever say, well, I don't know, I think they might hang on another day. I'm not going to give them the apostolic pardon no, yet. No, Because the, the lay faithful can't be responsible for making sure that the that their loved one gets the apostolic pardon. We may not be there, et cetera. What do you say to the family that says, I don't want to call the priest in and scare the uh, person thinking that they're going to die? Oh, have you heard the stories about this? You've oh, heard the stories. I have. I used to work no. hospice. Yeah. Well, tell Vince. I mean, Vince. Well, it's, You've it's heard ridiculous. That. Well, it is ridiculous, but it's human nature. You know, people don't want to die. They don't want to think that they're going to die. And so to call a priest means they're going to die. Which, yes and no. We know the sacrament of, of the anointing of the sick can also bring about healing. But it might be a spiritual healing, which is way more important than a physical healing. And, yes. and if the and if that priest can remember to do that apostolic pardon, can you imagine? I mean, what a blessing that our Lord has given us. He has set it up 
to give us so many graces and chances and mercies and mm-hmm. all yes. the stuff we need to get to the right side of well, eternity. Such great spiritual, scriptural uh, foundation whose sins you held bound, they are held bound, and what you hold loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Absolutely. And bound in heaven. So, I mean, there's a reason why Jesus came these next days. He's the only guy that was born, the God-man, to die mm-hmm. in obedience. He's what, what he said to the Philippians. Mm-hmm. Though he was in the form of God, he did not deem equality not with, God. with God. That's right. And Fulton Sheen says everybody else in history was born to live. Right. Jesus exactly. Christ was born to die. Exactly. Now, I think in the absence of a priest, a layperson can do the apostolic pardon. Yeah, yes? it says if a priest cannot be present, Holy Mother Church lovingly grants such persons who are rightly disposed. Which means... Which means, it says later, um, the condition is that provided they regularly prayed in some way. And the implication is a state mm-hmm. of grace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or they had some, prayed regularly means you would regularly talk to God. Right. Yeah. And listen. He would recognize you in the elevator. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. So if a priest cannot be present, then Holy Mother Church lovingly grants such persons who are rightly disposed a plenary indulgence, provided they regularly prayed in some way during their lifetime. No, that doesn't get you off the hook saying, I'm not going to call a priest, I'm going to do it myself. No, it doesn't. That says, I've called a priest, we can't get him here, I'm going to pray for dad, mom, daughter, brother. You're in a car accident, you know, in the middle of the night, there's no, you know, and you're laying there and your time is short, Right. You're right. not going to call exactly. a priest. There's no one there to help you. Right. And none of us know the day or time. So um, make sure everyone is praying regularly so that if a priest, for whatever reason, cannot be there when you are passing from time into eternity. So we bought a few hundred of these, Colleen, and I'd we still this. have some left. Uh, I think we should make the offer again. Anyone who is listening, we had this in the Bellowing Ox, anyone who is listening that would like an apostolic pardon prayer card or a couple of them, uh, call 563-231-3545 or hit the website with mm-hmm. Contact Us mm-hmm. and ask for that. Now, priests, priests, come to the front of the line. Mm-hmm. If any of the priests are listening in any of the uh, immediate three dioceses at uh, Rockford, Madison, Dubuque, or anywhere across the country, we know they're listening all over, and you want some apostolic prayer cards, as a matter of fact, if, if somebody wants to be the point priest and get them for others, we've, we've got a supply. If we need more, we'll get more mm-hmm. and get these out to the... This is, this is so important mm-hmm. because, Vince, we're not hanging around here. The, the, the reason why Aquinas Communications exists is to aid the Holy Spirit in the saving of souls. Mm-hmm. And you mean if- I'm not going to live forever? <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope not. Right? That would be the worst thing to live forever. Mm, yeah. Well, Harry, here's a good thing about this. I was listening to a, um, a, a beautiful nun whose name I've forgotten, but she's got a great uh, blog, a great, uh, not blog, video, whatever that's called. And she made this statement that this just blew me away. She said, people don't want to die. 
I mean, if you talk to most people, that, you right. know, look at the continuation of life, health care, mm-hmm. dieting, right. uh, you know, mm-hmm. do not resuscitate, all the whole mm-hmm. the whole spectrum. And and she is quoting this this mystic from her book that says that Jesus told this mystic that some people at their death who do not want to die, I send them, I'm speaking in the first person of Christ, I send them to purgatory because at death you must desire to be with me. Hmm. So if you love your life more, this, this perhaps uh, commandment number one, mm-hmm. no false gods. If, mm-hmm. you, if, if you like the final four, if you like your Chevy, if you, if you like that <laughs> pickled herring, <laughs> more than Christ, you've, you're, you're not sufficiently disposed. In other words, your, your will, not, not his in will. a line with the divine will of the Father and the judge, his son Christ, says, well, you're a good guy, but if you're still hanging on to earth, you're not quite ready. Mm-hmm. Whereas Mama used to say, we better leave those buns in the oven for a little while longer. <laughs> so I thought that was extremely interesting and, and very uh, mm-hmm. insightful. Scary. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. scary. Very scary. One of the things that Jesus also says to St. Faustina, doesn't he say somewhere in the diary that I myself will visit a soul at the time yes, of yes. death? Yes. Yeah. And so we... We pray then that, you know, if if that's true, which he is truth himself, that the person would just say yes to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Let go. Mm-hmm. It's time to go. Or as they used to do over at the Y, guy'd walk in with a whistle and blow it. All right, everybody out of the pool. Let's go. Hmm. All righty. Think I, Jesus is coming with a whistle? I think he's, I don't know. <laughs> you never know. Where does she come up with these questions? He said whistle. You never know. Vince, what do you got? we got three minutes left, two well, and a half minutes left. Okay. I just wanted to talk a little bit about divine timing. Pull, pull that up there. And uh, one of the things that I wanted to mention was that when Christ entered Jerusalem and uh, the people all said, Hosanna to the highest, yeah. it wasn't a coincidence. How do you mean? Well, the high priest had just come down from the Temple Mount he had gone out to inspect the Paschal lambs, sure, and uh, he was supposed to come back. And he had had 150,000 people lined up with palm branches that were supposed to say Hosanna to the highest when the high priest would walk through that gate. Sure. Well, Christ came in through that gate, and he's riding on a donkey. The last guy that came in or rode a donkey through that gate was King David. Mm. Sure. And so... Uh, all the people set up the shout, Hosanna to the highest. And they all believed that the high priest had just entered. Well, he had, but the high priest hadn't arrived So yet. what you're saying is Jesus photobombed the high priest? I'm, sa- I'm saying it was uh, <laughs> it that, was divine timing. This is, this is new. <laughs> all right. news to me, Vince. Now, the uh, next thing that happens is... you got 60 seconds that, here, man. In, the, in that next uh, thing that happens is... That Christ is going now the um, the high priest is going to inspect this lamb for four days. Well, what happens? Christ is being inspected first by the high priest, then by Pontius Pilate, then by Herod, and so and the Romans and the Romans, 
And so um, at exactly the moment that the uh, high priest says about the Paschal Lamb, I find no fault in him, we find Pontius Pilate saying, I find no fault in him. And so... Um, All right, you got one more, 30 seconds. The, uh, the uh, high priest will say at the, uh, at the uh, Paschal meal, I thirst. Well, at that very moment, Christ on the cross is saying, I thirst. And when the uh, high priest has ended the, uh, has ended the meal, he says, it is finished. And uh, that's exactly what Christ said. It is consummated at the end of the, uh, when he dies. So a real and, parallel between the Passover lamb and oh, the death e- of Christ. Oh, exactly. Now, Jonah was in the belly of the whale three days. Christ was in the earth three days. The high priest was in seclusion for three days. Hmm. Okay, so, you know, that's how it comes. Now, the other thing that's so interesting is that all the uh, blood of an imperfect uh, sacrifice was poured out on the ground. Mm-hmm. But when Christ died, the water, did, the blood and water did not fall on the ground. Went down that crack and fell on the mercy seat way down below. So it's very, very interesting. There are no coincidences. Now, that, does that divine timing still work? Yeah. Wow. The, other, the other day, a lady told me on the, on the 23rd, March 23rd, that uh, Scott Wilson needs prayers because he has stage four cancer. And is, sure. Uh, okay. On Friday the 23rd, I gave to uh, Mike Wilson, his father, a um, some prayers for uh, his family. And I said, this is from Dick uh, Vorwald and myself. And at Mass that day... Mm. Father prayed for Scott Wilson, who died the night before. This is divine timing. I had the stamp on the envelope. I was going to mail it, and I was giving another uh, envelope to Father anyway, and so I just said, well, you just never know. So, you know, does divine timing divine still work? Timing. It's mm-hmm. Well, let's perfect. pray for Scott Wilson as we close out. In the name of the Father, and the, the Son, Son, and the Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. amen. Eternal rest. Grant unto him, 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 Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon him. him. May his soul and the souls of all the faithfully departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. Amen. Amen. And thank you to our new sponsor, Hot Works, at 2055 Holiday Drive here in Dubuque, and to uh, Marlo and Melania and uh, to Melissa, and to pickled herring purveyors all over town. Thank you <laughs> so much for making our Lent more memorial. <laughs> we'll see you all next week on The Chatter. We love you. <laughs>